Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Benderbala podcast. I'm your host, Benderbala. On today's inaugural episode of this podcast, I will be talking about the real estate community and some of the key terms associated with English 101 here at ISU. I was fortunate enough to interview Kelly Schmidt, the owner of Kelly Schmidt Properties in Elburn, Illinois, to talk about the real estate community, especially the local real estate community here in Illinois. And I was able to connect some of these key terms uh, to this community. And I was very grateful to absorb the knowledge and some of the terminology that Kelly shared with me. I focused on talking about translingualism and discourse communities with Kelly. Translingualism being defined as the concept of bringing various languages into discussion uh, in different uh, circumstances. And discourse communities being defined as uh, a grouping of people who share certain languages, uh, certain language using different norms and practices. I look forward to you guys hearing this interview and uh, I thank Kelly for joining me today and taking time out of her day to uh, discuss the real estate community with me and I look forward to um, talking some more with you guys. So thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. All right, without further ado, here is Miss Kelly Schmidt, owner of Kelly Schmidt Properties. Hi Ben, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? How's business going? Business is great. Busy market right now. Wow, that's that's what I love to hear. That's awesome. So, for the purpose of this interview, I really want to focus on real estate terminology and some of the key terms in the real estate world. So, what are some okay. kinds of words or vocabulary that real estate agents use specific to this community? You bet. I have several to share with you. Awesome. So, um, step one: when you have a buyer, uh, before you even take a buyer out. Um, a buyer needs a lender. A lender is the mortgage broker who works for the bank that's going to issue the loan. So a buyer needs what's called a pre-approval letter. Um, a pre-approval letter shows that the buyer has good credit, he's a ready, willing, and able buyer to purchase a home at that price point. So unless they have a pre-approval letter, it's a waste of the seller's time, the buyer's agent time, and the buyer. So a pre-approval letter is a, a key term. Second thing is, um, and tell me if you want me to slow down, Ben. No, I no, you're good. Down. Okay. Second thing you'll hear all the time is interest rate. And interest rate um, changes all the time. It very much dictates our market and the strong or weak activity. Right now we have a super hot market because interest rates are low. So they're right around 2.7%. In 1980, they were at 18%. Wow. So if interest rate, um, if you have a low interest rate, the rate on your mortgage payment is going to be um, lower. But if, if you have a high interest rate, you know, the, your mortgage is going to go up because of that. So it sounds like in your job, you rely a lot on working with other people. So how do you find the kind of people that you can trust and build relationships with to be able to succeed and have lost, lasting relationships with in your career? Yeah, very good question. So you, it's important to center yourself around trustworthy, competent professionals because you are advising and guiding people and setting, they're looking to their real estate broker as the voice of experience and trust. 
So I am a very loyal agent in that I work with only one lender. I do work with other lenders, but I have one preferred lender and you can't steer anyone. So everyone has a right to choose their own attorney and lender, but if they don't have one, they're looking to you. So I work with a very honest lender. I work with a very honest home inspector. I have a group of attorneys I work with, but they're all good people because that's my reputation. If I give them to some shady um, lender that's not going to have their best interests, that's a reflection of me. And then therefore I don't get future business. They're going to say, oh, Kelly didn't set me up with good people. Hmm. So it's very important to only work with quality people. So, uh, kind of relating to that how what is your preferred use of communication when you're talking with other people whether it is a lender or client do you communicate most often through email or over the phone zoom calls what do you do okay another good question um you have to know your audience so you if i'm working with an older client they don't want to text they don't want they some older people don't even have email so you have to know your audience and communication is key. You have to ask them, what do they prefer? Uh, my, my experience is older people like a phone call. Younger people want a text. They're too busy. They you know, don't like to be on the phone. Some people are very business oriented. All, they only want emails because they're in front of their computer. So always know your audience. Mm -hmm. So I imagine at times it can get a little frustrating when you're trying to figure out what would be the best use of communication. So how do you, uh, I'm trying to say, remain professional, even if things don't go your way or if a deal falls apart, how do you remain professional with your language? Yeah, so that is the hardest part because when you work with the general public, you're working with all different personalities. Um, if you feel like you're not going to be able to work with this person, it's best early on to cut ties. And it doesn't happen often, but it has happened. And if it's if I'm working with a seller, for example, and we just have two very different personalities, I will say, you know what? I think there's an agent better equipped to meet your needs than I am. So you always stay professional. You try not to ever burn a bridge. But if you're not going to jive with everyone, so sometimes you have to just cut your losses and move on. However, other times it's hard, it's, it's hard, but it's good to try and turn it around and keep it positive and get them to where they need to be, too. Mm -hmm. Because that's part of life is working with people you don't like, too. You know, so um, but if it's a terrible combination, walk away. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. So you recently uh, transitioned from being a broker to an owner of a, a brokerage firm, correct? I did, I did, yeah. So congratulations on that. But um, what? how has your role changed uh, communication-wise? Uh, because in the past, obviously, you were not taking orders, but you had a different boss. But now you are your own boss, and you are other people's yeah. boss. So how... Yeah. How has your communication changed now? So um, I think you have very well thought out questions. So Thank you. Um, first of all, whether you are a manager or an owner of a brokerage or an independent contractor, you're still your own boss. So in a lot of roles, my position hasn't changed because I've run my own business um, 
for 12 years now. But now I would say my role has, um, the scope of it is larger because I now have an office um, admin. Uh, she, she's a transaction coordinator as well. So I have to give her jobs and supervise her. And the biggest role will be in the near future when I start hiring brokers because that's, that's a very big liability to take on. You are now in charge of everything they do. So if they are advising someone incorrectly, that opens you up for a lawsuit. So you have to be very careful about who you hire and make sure they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. what what kind of advice would you give to someone who is new to the real estate community or someone who is looking to break into the career field? Um, definitely do this full-time and jump in with two feet. Do not do it part-time. Be willing to work nights and weekends. Be willing to work hard. If you're not going to work hard and be committed, you're not going to make it. Secondly, you have to have a good personality with a fire because I believe success in this field, if you have a good personality and you're a strong people person, you're going to go far. And thirdly, being very honest and ethical no matter what because this is a field you can make a lot of money in but you can also get greedy and you can lose your ethics. And um, there's a lot of cutthroat agents out there, so you have to stay true to who you are and always do the right thing. Even if it would be very easy to go and do something, uh, you can open yourself up to very tough situations, but always follow your gut. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. Okay, well, uh, that was a great interview. Thank you so much for joining me and for answering some questions. I really appreciate your time. Anytime. Thank you, Ben. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Kelly as much as I did. I know that personally, I found the interview interview to be very uh, knowledgeable and beneficial, and I came away with uh, an even larger interest in real estate. I, I look forward to hopefully breaking into that career field after college. And I thank Kelly for coming on this podcast and for sharing her knowledge with us. Uh, regarding the key terms of discourse communities and translingualism, I thought that Kelly did a great job of connecting these terms with the real estate community. When Kelly talked about the importance of working and surrounding yourself with positive, professional, good people, I thought that that uh, related very well to the, de- the definition of discourse communities. Kelly was talking about how the people you surround yourself with not only affect your reputation, your appearance, but also affect your work. If you're working with good people, you're going to be successful and you are going to be set up well. But if you are working with people that are untrustworthy or shady, as she defined it, uh, you might find yourself in some trouble. I thought that Kelly did a great job of explaining the people and the elements of discourse communities uh, with her job. And that, uh, that was very wise of her to think that way. And now regarding translingualism, I thought that Kelly uh, was very wise and intelligent when she was talking about how she caters her communication to her clients. Uh, She was saying that when she's working with younger people, she uh, oftentimes texts these people or call them because that's how they communicate in their daily lives. And when she works with uh, elderly people or older clients, uh, she likes to meet them in person or email them. I thought that's very uh, wise of her. I thought that was very wise of her that she does not always have uh, one strict line of communication, but instead that she caters her communication to her clients. 
So once again, I thank Kelly for coming on to the show and I thank her for her knowledge. And I thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Have a good night.